0: Amen. How are you? There's lights. Awesome. Yeah, amen. Uh so last week uh George and I were talking about our trip that we took to the ministers conference in uh Texas at Brother Copeland's and um we uh discussed, you know, just kind of what's going on, what's going on in the world and and uh we hit, you know, some major pieces of it. I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail, but before we do that, I want you to watch this video. I put it, there's a um, little thread that we have. uh, If you have a smartphone, you can get it on the Voxer app. But it's just insights and little nuggets, uh, spiritual nuggets that I'll have uh, to share and scripture, something that the Lord's putting on my heart to share. Uh, And I shared this video I guess a week or two ago, and, uh, but when I saw it, it just really spoke to me. This is exactly what I believe uh, is going on right now. So let's just watch this and uh, let it minister to you. I think you'll find that the Holy Spirit inside of you uh, will really start to uh, show you the same things. It, he'll start to move and confirm that what he's saying here is what's going on. So let's just watch that.
1: I heard the Lord say to me, the wind is shifting.
0: This is the year
1: of the wind. This year will be very unusual on many levels. As a matter of fact, a phrase will be repeated over and over on the lips of many nations. I have never seen anything like this before. Seemingly nothing will remain normal any longer. This will not just be an American phenomenon, but it will touch all the continents. The Lord shall rise up and make himself known. The forgotten shall shout for joy. The heathen will see a great light. Unbelievers will take another look. Nations shall be shaken, but kingdoms will be jolted. Dead, dry bones will experience a fresh prophetic wind. Some will struggle with the question, is this God or is this the devil? But I want you to know God will receive all the glory for his mysterious wonders. This will be a year of the winds of God, and they're already blowing, even as I speak. You've had obstacles in your face. It has been as though you've experienced a contrary wind in your face, hindering your every move. As a matter of fact, for many years, almost everything you have attempted has experienced setbacks. In your face is the phrase that best fits where you've been. Countless adversaries have been in your face, withstanding you. Now things have shifted. What was once resistance to you has now moved behind you and is working in your favor, propelling you forward. Things have definitely changed almost overnight from contrary to favorable. This favorable wind is so timely for you in so many ways. God says he's got your back. There's going to be a shift in the wind that will cause life-giving air, of your loved ones who have fainted, even backsliders, and those who have been slowly dying will catch their breath again. And those who are saturated with the cares of this life, and those who suffer dark depression, have been battling anxiety attacks, shall finally find rest and relief. As in the upper room, it was a rushing mighty wind, and God says this wind will cover you and your loved one. The Spirit is about to set on your sons and your daughters and others of your household. As a matter of fact, as I'm speaking, he's rushing right now while I'm giving this prophecy. I said he's rushing while I'm speaking. Holy Spirit is resuscitating and reviving you. Hyperventilation and fearful breathing is giving way to peaceful, restful breathing. I declare unto you that sweet sleep is going to begin to come upon you even from this moment forward. God promises to give His beloved rest. There's coming a great international harvest of souls through the internet and online. The Holy Spirit said that the internet is about to light up as the Holy Spirit is going to accelerate His mighty wonders. Miraculous provision is about to come to God's people time is of the essence and the waters are abundant for harvest, a new and very powerful wind of anointing will blow across the internet. It will blow in real time. Signs and wonders will be witnessed without edit. The Holy Spirit is revealing to you that he is leading us into a time of triple grace. This will be the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes and God wants everyone in this house. And those that's watching online, to give him praise now in Jesus' name.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that was uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick. He was the uh, pastor at Brownsville uh, Assembly of God where the Brownsville revival took place. And um, from 95 into about 2003 or 5 or something, it went on for a while. And um, anyway, man, that is exactly what the Holy Spirit's been ministering to me, is that there's a new wind blowing, uh, that the Holy Spirit has decided to take a breath and release it into the earth, and things are changing. It's a different time, and it's a different uh, era, it's a different age, um, but it's, you know, it's just like most everything with God. Just because it's out there and available doesn't mean that you're going to walk in it, right. all right? So that shouldn't scare you unless you're not walking in the things of God. That's the only reason you should you should have a little thought there. But if you are willing to say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do, all of a sudden that gets very exciting And what I'm hearing from everybody is that if you're not walking with God, you may have some rough time. But if you'll simply humble yourself and turn to your loving Father, everything will look different. Everything, uh, even when it looks like it won't win, when it looks like complete and total darkness, the Lord will rise up inside of you, the light of his glory. He will manifest himself to you, and you will manifest his glory to the world. And it will be awesome. And he'll see his triumph. Uh, but that takes a people that knows that, not just a people that's heard that preached, that knows it enough to act on it and to walk in it. Um, and that's that's the difference maker. That's where, uh, you know, he talked about dry bones a few weeks ago. We ministered on dry bones. You know, we're talk, I've been talking about there was a shift. There's been a change, and we're in it. We are fully in it. And God's doing some different things. And um, right now, uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, moves of the Holy Spirit and the biggest revival is one that uh, you might have heard of, but one of the biggest, it's not really being publicized much, is because it's happening in the Muslim countries and uh, uh, Jesus is visiting uh, Muslims in their dreams and telling them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's putting people in front of them, and they're coming to Christ. Uh, But you don't hear about it because they're under such persecution. Uh, But it is happening, and it's huge right now. It's one of the biggest. I was actually with a person that is... um, Uh, It's not good to mention his name because of the damage that it can do uh, to certain people. I was with somebody like that within the last week, and they were talking about everything that's going on. And uh, it's really awesome. The Holy Spirit's moving. And um, so the question is, are you going to move with them, right? Right. And the difference between you moving with him and not is you being hot for God, being all in, you know, uh, and not being lukewarm. That's the difference. So what have we been talking about? What's the Holy Spirit been leading us to preach on Is Don't play games. Now is not the time to play games. And I think I said this last year, uh, but you definitely won't, you need to hear this. You need to hear this over and over and over again. It is not the time to have a head knowledge about the things of God. It's time to have a heart knowledge and a practical application knowledge where you know how to uh, manifest the power and the love of God. And if you're praying over anything and you're not seeing it done then that should be an indicator not that God doesn't want to move but it should be an indicator that there's a gap between what you think you know and what you actually know and so Lord help me to see the difference between the two how can we move how can I move to that place Um, and that's that's a big deal so a lot of the church has been in asleep for years and years and just because you stand out in the church doesn't mean that you stand out in the heart of God yeah that was I'm glad my toes are off the ground on that one because I would have felt that myself and I do but that's just it because the church has been so asleep on these things that are reality to God. You know, all of a sudden one person gets a little bit of a touch of God and we're like, oh, look at what God is doing in there. They must be awesome. No, they're just barely touching the surface. So let's press into the fullness of what God wants us, and this is pretty much what the whole conference was about down there, but they went over some specific things, and I want to share some of those specific things with you, and uh, one of the first, each time uh, the conference, uh, that particular conference, I think uh, Happy Caldwell um, is generally the very first speaker there and uh every year I've been there he's been the very first one and the first year I was um I didn't know happy and um you know he sounds like he'd be like exciting all the time, but that was not what I experienced. <laughs> he was pretty line upon line and precept upon precept, and he just, he brought scripture after scripture after scripture, and and even heading down there, I said, I told George, I said, so happy he'll probably open, and he'll set the foundation in scripture, and is that what he did? Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But it's awesome. Now, I look forward to it because he literally, he lays the foundation in scripture, and what He talked about uh, this year, and and here's what I want to give you tonight. How do we move into not just a theory of these things, of what God is doing, but the reality? And so that's what I want you to get out of this. Here's some ways to step out of theory and into reality, okay? So he talked about this. This is the first thing he went and talked about. I loved it. Uh, He talked about... uh, God's Triple A program. He said, Anybody ever been in Triple A? He said, Here's God's Triple A program. And he talked about our need uh, for authority, anointing, and agape love. So the authority, the anointing, and agape love. And he was talking about you don't just need to know about these things. You don't just need to hear me talk about it and be like, Oh yeah, I've heard some teaching on that. Uh, have Have you ever noticed when you've heard teaching, you've heard teaching, heard teaching, heard teaching, heard teaching, heard teaching, and then all of a sudden one day you hear it for the umpteenth time, and it clicks inside of you? You ever had that? Well, what clicks inside of you, that's what's called rhema, okay? That's the Greek word for that is rhema, and that means the word that has been revealed, the word that has come alive, okay? That's what that means. And um, the reason what happens is uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That means faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the word that came alive to you. So, in other words, you don't just need to hear something. You need to esteem that word and esteem that word until that scripture, that promise becomes alive in you. Okay? Um, you need to esteem it until it becomes alive. Well, this is what we need. We need that on authority, anointing, and agape love. I don't know what's popping, but we're going to try and fix it. Amen. Is that on? Okay. All right. So we need rhema. We need an alive word in authority. We need to know our authority as the body of Christ. A uh, little nugget I sent out today uh, talked about the uh, knowing, knowing Who you are in Christ. This doesn't need to be, I heard a message on it one time. You need to have it inside of here. Or else you're not going to walk in your authority. And when the devil comes, he's just going to keep running over you and, and walking over you. Because you don't know that you know whose you are and where you're seated. You know, we are raised up together with Christ, seated in heavenly places with him. If you don't know that you know that, then what will happen is you'll be timid like what we talked about on Sunday morning. And if anybody's watching or listening to this and didn't hear the message from Sunday morning, you need to hear that. It's called be bold. And uh, Anyway, if you don't understand your authority, then you won't be bold and the devil just keep eating your lunch. Well, this is not a time in this age that we're moving into the beginning steps of. You... You don't want the devil to eat your lunch in this age. Not, this is going to be, if he eats your lunch in this age, it's generally going to be serious. So you don't want that to happen. You shouldn't want that to happen anyway. But that would be the boldness that would stand up inside of you and say that, right? You want to be bold where you're like, I don't care what age it is, that ain't happening. You know, That's what you ought to know, right? All right, but you better know your authority. Um, we, uh, He also said... You need to understand the anointing of God. I remember um, some years ago, the Lord sent me to see Rodney Howard Brown and go to a minister's conference. And I believe I'm going back this year because I, I believe he's instructed me to do it again but I didn't know anything about Rodney Howard Brown except that he had been a revivalist at one point and there were people that would broke, broke out into quote unquote holy laughter during his meetings which I thought was kind of funny and um, not because of the same reason they were laughing. I just thought I wasn't sure about it, you know, and um, I wasn't sure that that was God. Now, by this point, by the time I was going there, I did know that that was a move of God. A lot of, and there's actually scripture for it. Uh, just the fact that your Lord wants you to have fullness of joy. Uh, understand that God is not operating inside your box <laughs> and this is a big this is a big point of doctrine that you probably need to get to understand it, you know, I really don't think he cares about my box except that I will come out of it right but he does, definitely does not operate there so You know, he's not going to do everything that makes logical sense to you. And if it did, if everything he did did make logical sense to you, then you would probably know everything there is to know about God, which you don't, and I don't either. So he's going to do stuff we don't understand. Well, that was... One of those things to me years ago, by the point, by the time he sent me down there, I was over that, and I've even gained more of an appreciation and esteem for it now, because I've seen people when that anointing starts flowing, and, and that laughter just starts popping, right? And, and to the logical mind, the earthly mind, that's weird, yep. that doesn't make sense, But yet, in the Spirit, there's something happening that we can't see. And all of a sudden, that freedom's coming on that person, and it just starts breaking off, you know. It starts breaking those bondages that they're under. Well, anyway, the point was the anointing. Well, the anointing can bring that and a whole bunch of other stuff. But as I was driving down there to that conference, uh, the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, and I did not know that Rodney was known... For this, that he knows how to flow in the anointing. But on the way down there, before I knew that, the Holy Spirit said, he flows in the anointing. I want you to watch all week how he follows the Holy Spirit through that whole service and follows and knows the anointing. And he just and and his basic way of doing that is he'll get up here and minister, and uh then he'll sense that the anointing is on somebody, and uh, he'll go over and it'll be personal ministry to them, and it may be several people in a row, and then when he feels that it's time to go back to preaching or teaching, he'll go back to preaching or teaching until he senses the anointing and it may be over here one time and it may be way over here or way back there or it, it it could but he senses that anointing, and he flows with it, and he follows it. And man, the anointing just—it does some stuff. I mean, it—it just—it's awesome. It's an awesome thing. Well, we need to know how to operate in our authority. We need to know how to operate in our anointing. We need to know how to follow uh, the flow of the Holy Spirit. And uh, these are things that we're not going to teach about all of these tonight. But I I hope and I believe what will happen is I'll mention all of these different points, and I believe what will happen is the Holy Spirit inside of you will give you anointing in that little area and go, you need you need to learn some more about anointing, you you need to learn some more about authority, you know you need to learn some more about agape, and uh, there's a few of us that really need some work, and he'll be like you need to learn all that, but and that you. He'll highlight different things, and that'll stick out to you. And and so now, go, you know, if you need a book on that or a teaching on that, come ask me. I'll point you in the right direction so you can learn on that on your own because if this is the only place you're learning, uh, you're missing it. All right, amen. So moving on. I'm following the anointing. Back to my notes. Amen. So... Um, but sometimes the anointing gets in there and gets in your business too and uh that's what that was so um <laughs> amen just in case you were wondering <laughs> um the anointing you know there's one of the things that you have to understand is that the anointing is what sets the captive free right yeah. that's what that's what really does that and you carry it with you or you don't you either carry it in a large amount or a small amount, based on really, it really is based on your intimacy with God. But it's available to anybody if you will. And there's larger levels of anointing. Right now, he and he's leading me to grow in that anointing. And you've probably already been feeling it. You know, when we minister, there's been a difference in the last few months. I can feel it. I can sense it. And that's because I've been spending more time with him, you know, and spending, you know, spending time, you know, listening to him. And, and um, uh, you know, so there's more power that's there. And uh, all of these things are things that we need to learn how to walk in. There was a point that I was going to say on that. You know, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to bring that back to me. But um, the other thing is agape love. Uh, all of this works by love it's empowered by love. So if you don't really know how to operate in love, you're going to have trouble operating in the anointing, operating in authority, operating in your faith. You're going to have trouble with all of that. So you've got to know how to operate in agape love. And let me just say this, it's not the love uh, that you think it is, it's what actually is the love of God. Um, many of us have a, a twisted idea of what love actually is and we need to renew our mind to what love, what the love of God really is and what it really asks of us and leads us to do uh, and not just think we know. We need to, we need to know this. So authority, anointing and agape. These are going to be huge things uh, to get into. One of the things with anointing is that uh, it comes through prayer and fasting. Um, this is an important point because uh, if you want to move in more, and let me ask you this, is this just limited to preachers? No, no not at all. Not at all. Matter of fact, The believers should be walking in more than the preachers are, you know, in general right now. You know, believers should be walking in more. There should be a bigger reality of all of this than what we're seeing uh, even out of leadership in the body of Christ right now. It should be growing. I'm talking about, you know, kind of an average. Um, It should be growing on all of us. It always should. So then uh, Jeremy Pearson's talked about uh, we need to be family, uh, we need to be family. Uh, this is not a time for us to be uh, individual entities moving through earth on our way to a bodily death. This is, this is the wrong time to be that. It's always the wrong time to be that. And if you understand agape love, you'd understand that. Um, so it, But we should focus on this. We need family. We need each other. Well, I need your support. I need your prayers. You need mine. You need—I need the gifts you have. You know, you need the gifts I have, and you need the gifts that each other has. You know, you need family, and you need somebody uh, that will not just look at you and say, "Oh yeah, I know them." You need somebody that'll that'll feel your need, right? When you have a need, they feel it in their heart. It's not just a—it's not just a oh well. I hope they get better, you know, and maybe it'll work out for them. I'll pray that it will. And no, you need family. You need somebody that'll stand with you. And, um, you know, Jesus said it like this. He said, um, you know, they said, your mother and brothers are outside. And uh, he said, look, this is my family. These are my mother and brothers sitting right here. You know, he was talking about his spiritual family. In other words, the priority that Jesus gave was to the spiritual family, even over his physical family. Now, he didn't dishonor his physical family. I uh, don't want people to jump to that conclusion, but he did honor his spiritual family highly. Um, and I would say it like this: I, I have a brother, and we happen to be not only blood brothers and physical brothers, but we're also spiritual brothers. Uh, I have a sister, I have mom, dad, you know, I I have all of that, I honor that very much. I was raised to definitely honor that, Uh, but I've found out that the blood of Jesus is even more precious than the blood running through my veins, right? And so the blood, the physical blood is good and great. But I have a blood brother in every one of you that's born again. And that blood, in my opinion, is even higher than mine. And so all of a sudden, how should I esteem that? How should I esteem each one of you as a brother and sister in Christ? Well, that's going to push me into unity. That's going to push me into a family. And we need a family. Uh, We also need to be uh, ecclesia um ecclesia do you remember the series on um cloudy with the chance of loaves and fishes and it talked about what is the church well what we talked about there and ecclesia is the greek word that jesus used when he said the church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it the church the body of christ he used the word ecclesia well ecclesia meant a lot more than just what we think of as church. ecclesia, was a group of citizens. Now, are we citizens of America, or is he talking about citizens of heaven? heaven? Of heaven. So they were a group of citizens that established the rule, established dominion in an area, established the laws, and saw to it that they were done. So, in other words, if we see something happening in this area, in Stanley County, Montgomery County, in this area, and it's not godly, who's, who does that come back to? This guy, and you, and all the body of Christ. Uh, we're supposed to be standing up for this. We're supposed to be setting godly precedent. And that's another thing. Are we supposed to be setting laws according to what the world has taught us? Or are we supposed to be setting laws according to the love of God? And the heartbeat of God? And the, and what he's shown us is right or wrong? It's godliness always. So we need to you know make sure that we're making that happen. This is one, uh, one thing that we really need to... Um, we really need to start discussing, and we will more, is uh, if you really are the one that basically holds back the gates of hell and you set the rule and set the law in an area, uh, then you should not see it as even a choice of whether or not you go and vote. (laughs) This is not an option for a believer if they understand who they are. This is not an option. And you go and vote, not what you think. You spend time in prayer and go, Lord, who do you want me to elect and put into your position? And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. But even in um, the Old Testament, you remember where he told Moses to go and select from among the men, men who were this, that, this, and that. that's a good thing to go back to and say, who am I supposed to select for God? And he's already told you how to vote. You look for these things. And don't look at what they're saying. Look at their record. Right, sure. Where have they voted before? And and you need to compare that to what's godly, not not what we think is godly, not what the world says is godly, Right? But what actually is godly that lines up with the whole council of the world, word and select those men. And you have a responsibility as the church, as the ecclesia to do that. Again, this is not just affecting you know, this is not just affecting uh, you now in this age in this age that it's very important to know these things and to be doing these things, now you're, you're uh, moving into your responsibility to be the salt and the light, okay? Uh, you have a responsibility to be the salt and the light. When Jesus called you that, all of a sudden you have a responsibility. And this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And, and let me throw this in there too, and I've said this before, but don't vote for who you think has a chance to win. That has nothing to do with it. I used to live by that principle. I don't anymore. That's logical, worldly thinking. I need to hear from God. I need to hear from the Lord. If all the Christians heard from the Lord, who would get elected? No matter who they thought was going to win. Right? That's that's how... And hearing from God, now you're in obedience. And now... It doesn't matter who the world votes in or doesn't vote in. You moved in obedience. You've given God a legal right now to sow into your life, to bring a harvest into your life off of the seed that you have sown. So your vote is a seed. So, and, and not trying to harp on, on that, I'm not even telling you who to vote for or, or even close to who to vote for. I'm just saying this is how we go about it. This is the godly biblical way to go about that. So uh, we need to be family, we need to be ecclesia, we need to be that ruling body. We are in the world, this is huge, we are in the world, but we're not of it. We're in it, but we are not of it. That should change our mindset. We should see things differently. I don't see things, I shouldn't see things the same way that the world has even taught me to see things. I should see things through uh, the eyes of God. And in order to know the eyes of God, I've got to know him. I've got to see things from his view. That's a lot of times what we miss in our life is we see things from an earthly perspective instead of a heavenly perspective. And we're looking, and instead of looking down and seeing the big picture, we're just looking at our little individual picture where it's you know can't see the forest for the trees that's exactly what it's talking about i can't really see what god is doing and i'm not you know god may say to move me in a completely illogical direction according to where i'm standing it doesn't look logical but from where he's sitting it looks totally different and he needs me or you in that place we are in this world, but we're not of it. And we don't live, we are not to live by the laws of this world, even the physical laws. You know, I, a lot of you know the story, but if I lived by the physical laws of this world only, I, you would not be hearing my voice today. I would be dead. It's spiritual laws supersede, and we, that's the world that we are of. And so we need to make sure that we move in God's reality and not our reality, not our, what our eyes see as reality. John seventeen sixteen says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. So in other words, this is Jesus talking and telling you, you're not a part of this. Stop acting like it. Stop thinking like it. And be who I've called you to be. The other thing is Romans 12 too. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed... By the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. If in this age you want to have the will of God manifested in your life, you've got to stop thinking like the world. You've got to start thinking the way that God thinks. You've got to start accepting what he said about you already. And one of the things that he said about you is you are in this world but not of it. One of the things he said about you is everything that is Christ is yours. You know, he said so many different things that we need to see and understand from his perspective. Another thing that, you know, in this age we need to look at is we need to eliminate the spirit of division. We've got to eliminate a spirit of division. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but... I definitely had a period of time in my life where I, I didn't even know how to recognize the spirit of division. Uh, but you go down the road long enough paying attention to such things and you learn a few things about what it looks like and what it feels like. And I'll tell you that most people operate in a spirit of division almost constantly and don't even realize it. You know, they don't even have a clue that they're operating. And then they're wondering why their life won't fall together. And it's because they're operating in this. And, you know, one of the biggest places you find it is in the church. And so you have to learn. And this may be one where you just say, Holy Spirit, help me to see. You're my teacher. Help me to see when that spirit of division tries to come. You know, what it looks like. It always is pushing away from unity. Uh, and a lot of times it just looks like this. It's like, I don't think I like that Rebecca girl. I, I don't know. She's just always smiling. Why is she smiling? And any negative thought, <laughs> any, any negative thought is, is heading towards a spirit of division. Yeah. You see? And that's, that's just it. It could be anything. And a lot of times it's the stupidest things. Yeah. Like stuff that doesn't even matter. Right, But it's just anything to keep you apart. But here's another thing. Anything that will keep you off of a unified vision. So here's another thing that will happen. Has God, you know, if you're here tonight, and I know we always have guests a lot of times on Wednesday night, but if Boomerang is your place, Well, the way that God works is he speaks to a man, gives them vision, and then he brings together a team of people and places them in one body to carry out a vision. So if you're in this church and you're a part of this church, but you are not helping advance the vision, you're in division. Because what you're doing is you're living a vision for your life outside of the place where God has placed you that's division all the, this is why we got to be you know it's why when we have people that don't I, oh man it took me years and years to finally get a little okay with this but we have an event going on especially if it's something that we're trying to you know reach out and love on people and and people just don't show up I, man i i could not fathom it i could not get it through my head how that's okay I don't have it through my head how it's okay now, but I understand a little bit better. But that you know, we shouldn't think that that's okay because it's complete division. We we shouldn't have that. We should have people that recognize if God is playing. But this shows us just how off we have been in our thoughts towards church. You see. And there you know there's stuff that that happens and reasons why people can't can't be at different places that that i mean and that's that's no problem it's when it happens over and over and over and over and over again it's when nobody's even looking at it that's when it's the issue you know nobody's even paying attention to it they're just you know well, I think I'll go over here and do something over here today, you know. And they're just led over here, and, and somebody else is. They're all supposed to be right here in the center, and one guy is over here, and one lady is over here, and, and somebody else is over here, and and then all of a sudden, uh, half the people are gone, and there's new guests walking in, and we're, they're they're our vision, they're who we're trying to reach, and nobody's there to help them, nobody's the ecclesia. They're all in division because they're not following the vision that God's placed them in. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, look, and, and here's the other thing. Um, here's family. All right, so let's say that, um, and I'll give you that scenario in a minute, but why are we talking about this in operating correctly in this age? Because these are the things, if you're not operating correctly in this age, then you're moving in theory. And when you go to have something and manifest the things of God in your life and in your family, you're not going to know how to do it. And the anointing's not going to be there for it. And then you're going to be wondering why God's not answering your prayer. And it was you not being in the right place. Does that make sense? So uh, if we're in division, all of a sudden we're in the wrong place. And I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and I said this. I said, look, I said, let's say that um, we have a family gathering, you know, and all, let's say that we have, you know, 50 people in our family, and we all live in Albemarle, all live in this one city. And uh, about 10 minutes down the road, uh, we're getting together, and we're having a party, and we're having a gathering, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, and then, you know, you're a part of that family, and you just say, eh, I'm not going. I'm not showing up. Well, what's your family going to do to you next time they see you? Why? Where were you at? You're my family. Where were you? It's like, hey, come on. Be, where, you're a part of me. You were supposed to be there, right? But yet you have a... You have my... <laughs> Jesse like that. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you have your family who needed you, who needed your presence. Let's say they weren't just having a party, but let's say they were carrying out a vision. Uh, let's say, you know, used to, a long time ago, they would, everybody would get together, a community would get together, and they'd, like, raise a barn up in a couple of days, right? And, and what they would do is, you know, it might not be your barn today, but a few weeks down the road, maybe it is yours. You know, maybe, it, maybe it's yours. Well, let's say that you've got some responsibility now. See, you're, you're expected to be there just simply because you're family, but now let's say that you have some responsibility. You know, what makes uh, what makes an army strong is that it doesn't have any weak links. It's got all the parts moving together in a force. Let's say now that you have a responsibility and you're not there. Right. Yeah. Well, you're taken away. Why, when we understand that God's called us to be the church and called us to be family and called us to move in one vision... Why do we think it's okay to miss anything that the vision is doing? Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's worldly thinking. Yeah. Not godly thinking and not, not um, a priority of the heart of God. And, and we've, got to, we've got to start changing. We're not to be conformed to worldly thinking. We're to transform to what's God. In other words, it doesn't really matter what Brian thinks or what you think. It matters what God thinks. That's what we've agreed to when we call Jesus Lord. Otherwise, he ain't it in your life. If he really is Lord, then you stop doing the thinking and he you start letting him do it. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Jv said, you got to love me or you're going to miss heaven. So I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is real stuff. If we don't move in this, all of a sudden, when the barn needs to be raised at our house, it doesn't happen. And it's not because people don't show up. It's because you don't know what to do. You don't know how the system works. You're not in the right place at the right time. You need healing in your house. You haven't learned how to receive. You haven't learned the flow of the anointing because you haven't been in your place for the vision. You've been in division, division. The vision has been whatever you want to do. This is an age where you got to know. And this is real stuff. And, you know, we really hadn't seen real stuff in America But I think we're going to see more of it, you know. Now, that's not something we have to worry about unless you're not paying attention to what I'm talking about. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it if you're paying attention and getting into it and getting into the things of God. You don't have anything to fret over, nothing to be fearful of. You just listen to the Holy Spirit. But if you're not and you don't know how to operate in the things of God... This could get really real, really fast, and you want to know. You want to know how faith works. You want to know the principles and the laws that God has set up uh, to, to govern faith and to govern love, you know, and how hope affects you. You want to know these things, and you don't want to just have heard about them, you want to have applied them in your life, you know. It, it's kind of like this. Who wants to go and ride with the person who just got their license? Where'd all the hands go? (laughs) Where's all the hands? You're right. Who wants to go do that? Like, who just volunteers for that and, and goes, you know? It's only loving mothers and fathers that do that. But they can't say, in the deepest of my heart, I wanted to do this. <laughs> that is not the way it worked. You know, they're going, oh my goodness, right? Why? Why is that? Because that person is operating on theory. Now, praise God for the mercy of God. Because he watches over our teenagers in that, in that area. And thank God for the mercy of God that's been over us for centuries but at some point somebody's got to say let me get in this thing and learn how it actually works and operates and stop moving in theory I can't just study the book at some point I got to learn how this stuff actually works well that's meant to be everybody not just the preacher that, that's meant to be everybody, how to pray, when to pray, what to say, what not to say, how to have faith, how to build faith, how to f- watch the anointing and flow in the anointing, how to draw on the anointing, how to release the anointing. All of these are different things that you really, every one of us should know. And in this age, you're going to need to know how to do it. God will still be merciful on you as long as your heart is pointed to it. But that's the question. Are our hearts really pointed towards moving out of theory and moving into the reality? Or are we just happy because right now we don't have any big problems? And so we've been just living in theory. Because if I do get really sick, I'll just go to the doctor. And they'll give me some medicine. Well, that doesn't work all the time. That 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 doesn't work all the time. You know? All it all it would take is one really bad day on Wall Street and all that stuff goes away. I'm not I'm not prophesying that it will, I mean, but it could. Actually, there's a bunch of people saying it, it will. You know. But what I'm saying is you're by us not growing in that stuff, all of your dependency is on worldly things. You need to learn how to have a dependency on heavenly things. Because if you don't have a dependency and a knowledge of it, then all of a sudden, you know, all of everything that you have goes away. You know, I've seen people put a dependency before on like building up a stockpile of stuff, right? You know, so, all right, I think, uh, I think you know, the world's about to have a really bad mess. So what they do is, you know, they stockpile cash, they stockpile gold and silver and food. Okay, one fire and all that's gone. One fire, it's gone. Well, the gold and silver'll melt, and it'll still be there. says who one thief that knows what they're doing, and that's gone so it it you can't depend on that stuff if God's not your source now how are you how are you going to all of a sudden in just an instant learn how for him how to be your source in that? Well, you can and he will be merciful, praise God but our job and responsibility as believers is not to rely on uh, our lack of using the talents that he's given us and to disregard our placement in a body and to be under one vision. So this is one of those places where we got to get real with some stuff. And that's um, one of the, <laughs> It's funny, uh, when I went to... Uh, uh, Rodney Howard Browns, he preached on one thing all and I'll let pull up Jeremiah 1. I think it's Jeremiah one ten. He preached on one thing uh the whole week and it was in this verse. So Jeremiah was a young guy and um he said uh he said, "Lord, I don't know what to do." And uh I I just it's funny cuz I just saw this this week um But you see the end of Jeremiah 1.10? It says, to build and to plant. This is our ultimate goal, is to build and to plant, right? And this is what churches talk about all the time. Let's plant, let's build, let's plant, let's build, let's plant. And that's good, and that's that's the bottom line of where they need to be going. But what he preached about all week is... In order to build and plant, you build and plant on top of a ruined and rotten structure and a ruined and rotten foundation, all you're going to end up with is stuff that looks good, but in the core it's rotten, and it'll break. He said, you've got to have this. He says, see, I've appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, then build and plant. So what we're talking about now is I want to build everybody up and I want to plant in you some of the great things of God. But if I don't work on plucking up and breaking down the deceptions that are inside of you, if I don't destroy and overthrow some of that ruined and rotten thinking uh, in my preaching, I'll never plant and build inside of you the way that it has to do. But it's not just me. I mean, there's an anointing right now to shine the light in our lives, mine included, and shine the light in there and show you some of the things that you got wrong thinking on. There's an anointing, and if you'll, but it's up to you to receive that. I mean, you can have that anointing breaking the yokes off, but walk out the door and say, Pastor Brian, crazy. And then all of a sudden, you're just right back at that place. It's up to you to be receptive of that and say, Man, I need to go back to God and rethink some stuff, you know. And um, so, and, you know, that's why it's not always, you know, just like happy, happy, joy, joy moments in church, or it shouldn't be because uh, if it was all happy, happy, joy, joy, that would mean everybody was walking just like Jesus. But, but you're not, and I'm not either. And so we've got to have these moments where we allow the Holy Spirit humbly, we allow the Holy Spirit To reach down into our heart and say, eh, there's something that needs to be plucked out. There's something that needs to be rebuilt. Your source right now is not God. And the truth of the matter is, if, if it came down to it, you wouldn't know what to do. Well, our job is not to be like that our job is to have the mind of Christ our job is to grow in things our job is to not take the ability to grow in the things of God to grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ and bury it that's not our job our job is to take that ability to grow in the body and the vision that he's given us and to esteem that above everything else now I'm not talking about esteem church over everything else I'm talking about esteem the place where he's given you, and the vision, and a proper place, a proper body and vision will tell you that you esteem in this order. God, husband, children, family, but that includes church family. And so in other words, if I went to church all the time, but I never esteem my husband and my children, I'm worse than an infidel. If I esteem everybody around me, but I throw away the esteem of God, I'm not going to do anything right. I've got to have it in that order: God, spouse. I say husband a while ago. All right, spouse, God, spouse, children, family, spiritual family, and physical family, then church. Now, church. When I say church, there, I don't mean your family. I mean the vision. That's what I'm saying. But we've got to learn that if you have a proper family, a proper proper church family, they're going to be telling you, esteem your spouse, esteem God, esteem your spouse, esteem your children, and esteem the family that's around you. They're going to be telling you that. And and that's, that's the order of it. So if you're esteeming that church there, if you're esteeming your placement, and they're the right kind of church, they're going to be telling you to esteem that uh, God over them. You know? Uh, that goes back to reset, um, where he says, "Look, you can be doing all this stuff right, but you don't have intimacy with me. You don't. You've forgotten your first love. I'll have to remove you. I'll remove you out of your place." So I, I didn't even get halfway through my notes, but Amen. And I, amen. It, it was it was what we need to hear tonight, and we'll probably continue again uh, next week. I think that was Kingdom Update One last week. This is two. And uh, so we'll have my day. <laughs> she said it could be kingdom update seven. <laughs> it's very possible. It's very possible. We will follow the flow of the anointing day. Amen. I'm Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's, um, so what we talked about tonight was authority, our authority, anointing, Agape love. We need to be family. We need to be uh, the ecclesia, the ruling, the governing body in this world, but not of it. And eliminate the spirit of division. And um, let me give you these verses because they go along with the spirit of division. And we'll wrap up. Romans 16, 17, and 18. It says this, now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned. And, say that with me, and, I didn't mean the and part, (laughs) and, (laughs) that's twice, twice, Chris, we're keeping a track of you, (laughs) and turn away, turn away from them. That doesn't say go find them and love on them you know, in the way that we normally have done. It says if they're causing division, turn away from them. That's not somebody who's messed up, that just fell, right. that tripped. That's not what that's talking about. It's talking about somebody who's constantly causing division and dissension. Yeah. Um, that's a gossiper. That's somebody who's always saying, well, I know that... Pastor Brian says this, but what we really need to do is this. That's division, right. yeah. you know, and that happens more than I, I even want to know about. That. Don't tell me, la la la. So, <laughs> but that's that's uh, that's division. That's dissension, you know. And and God says, turn away from them, for such men are slaves. Verse eighteen. Not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. And what happens is before the unsuspecting know it, they've fallen into the same trap. And they're being taught by that person to speak the same things. And before they know it, they're a person of division that the Lord wants other believers to turn away from you you know so from them so you want to watch that but it says you know keep your eye on them who calls dissensions you know actually if there's and like our leadership knows you see somebody that's in division you know you need to you need to communicate that you know because we need to watch that we need to make sure because that's one of the quickest ways to kill the the um momentum and the anointing uh both of those the momentum of what Uh, the Holy Spirit actually wants to do. Um, When it says, and listen to this, uh, it says we need to be family, we need to be ecclesia. Uh, Luke 16, 12 says this, and if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Now, right there where it says another's, Uh, could we input there another person, another man's? That's what it's talking about, right? So if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? You see this a lot of times. People say, well, I want to go preach. I want to go minister. I want to go do this. If you're not faithful with the vision in in the body that God has placed you in, why in the world? And let me tell you, he won't give you a vision of your own he won't do it and so a lot of time and this goes back to in your own household if you are not faithful in the vision of the body that he's placed you in how how will he be able to give you a vision of your own in your house that will lead you to the right places and the right steps in your destiny it's really hard to get that to you if you're not faithful in where he's already placed you. Does that make sense? So this, is, so this talking about vision and division is not just like trying to step on your toes. It's trying to get you to the place of help where you can really actually experience and move in the things of God and be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. How will you have a vision, and and I didn't put this in the priority system, but after all that is your work or your job or your business. In your business, how will God give you vision in your business and fruitfulness if you haven't been faithful in the body of Christ's vision around you? How will we do that? This is where a lot of people are missing it and they don't even realize it. They don't have any vision or anything or any clarity or any anointing in their lives, in their homes, in their business because they're not paying any attention to it in the in the body and the family that God's already placed them in. And they're wondering why I can't get any answers. Why I can't get any help. Why I can't get any favor. You know? Um, just amazing. And... Did you ever get numbers on what I asked about, Stephen, about the, um, I've been meaning to ask you this for a week. If you do, let me know. Okay, yeah, if you do, let me know. Anyway, the the reason I ask that is there was just a situation a couple of years ago where um, I Stephen and Deb just really, they they were faithful towards the vision here. And they were listened to God, heard from God, they esteemed the vision, and they moved on that esteem, and uh, man, God turned some stuff. And it was awesome, is that right? Amen. And uh, it was good. So, um, not I don't know that I would share the exact numbers, but I just, I was curious, and I wanted to ask you. I've been meaning to talk to you for a week. <laughs> so, anyway, but is that not true? Uh Can you just share a a yes or maybe a a detail or two? doesn't have to be specific at all. Will you say anything about that just with uh, being faithful about the vision of the body where he's placed you?
2: Not to be specific, but uh, yeah, in big crazy ways that you can't imagine. Uh, We underestimate what God can do sometimes. And I think we underestimate our ability to... Muck that up, because <laughs> we have a part that we have to do right, and so much of what we're taught in the South growing up, yeah, maybe that culture is that you know God's in control and you don't really you know have any say.
0: Well, yeah, you do have a say, yeah,
2: and your actions, because he's,
0: he's given you a say. Yeah, He's given yeah. you that
2: authority that you yeah. talked about a little while ago, and if if you move in that and you support, you know the things of God then he's going to support you yes but if you get out there and try to do it on your own and it doesn't work yeah uh, guess what
0: it ain't gonna work that's right that's right but
2: there's a big deception on that particular issue and
0: yeah
2: I've seen the right way to do it now the question is you know how how do you make sure that you stay on that uh, yeah that path and you have again you have to renew your mind, not once, right? <laughs> I've right. renewed my Continue. mind, I'm good now. Yeah. Right, check that off. That's like a you know daily, moment by moment thing sometimes. Yeah. And you know, that vi- the vision that you have given this church, God's given you to give this church, uh, yeah, you got to be lined up
0: with it. Uh, well, you're about to do the offering at the end, anyway, I right? I think I've been one Deb of them. Well, you, you can just hold on to that, but let me let me finish that thought while you hold that. So, in other words, and and we're not talking specifics, but in other words, um, when you esteem the vision of the body where God placed you, things happened and things turned. And uh, matter of fact, you told me that this past month was the largest number in uh, one number in business, the largest you've ever had. Is that in more than one way, it was the largest. That's right.
2: There's several things we got going on. It's not just you know, one. Yeah. And, uh, and I found out today in, in doing some billing that it's like, whoa, how'd that happen? Yeah. And, and, and another related but unrelated thing. And I'm like, wow. Yes. So, Praise God. Uh,
0: and and then that, um, you yeah, know, we're personally we have to esteem what god's doing too in the same way and we just had like three things happen today that were huge and big where god's moving if you do what we're talking about the lord it's not will the lord move it's can the lord move in your life according to the things that he set up if you move in obedience towards the things of god not only can he he will (laughs) and he wants to and that's the beautiful thing in all kinds of ways but in that in that situation when you were obedient God moved in your life but could you have been obedient if you didn't know these things if you didn't allow the wrong thing to be picked up and then at some point say uh In other words, if we're esteeming things, then one of the things that we do is we stop thinking about our own personal desires and we start thinking about the things God wants us to think about. So could you have been obedient if you didn't at some point stop and think about, Lord, what do you want to do and actually meditate on that? But when you did, he showed you what to do. You did that. And then he started moving in big ways. And I
2: want to mention too that there's a delay, or sometimes there's a delay. Right. It doesn't have to be one. Uh, you know, Deb was talking about the uh, how long you wait for your prayers to be answered. You know, and there's a biblical example three minutes, a biblical example thirty minutes, yeah, uh, uh, three weeks. Uh, Abraham got promised something, and it was you know twenty
0: five years. Yeah,
2: before. And and how many of us are really yeah. geared up to have that much faith in God to to stick with that vision? for 25 years, but that's what we're called to do.
0: But we should be.
2: We should be. Amen. Now, for us, it wasn't 25 years. You know, it was less than that, a, yes. a whole lot less than that, but it wasn't that day. And, and, again, that's where understanding who you are in God, understanding that you don't have to see it instantly, because that's not operating in
0: faith. Yeah. Hebrews 6.12 says that the promises are received by faith and patience. Right.
2: And... The pay, I love what Keith Moore says about patience. It's longer than your flesh wants it to be. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> well, I hope everybody got something out of all of this tonight. And uh, Deb, if you want to come on up here. And so, uh, and I, let me just, as she's going to do the offering, and um, as we do that and step into that, I just want to say this is a beautiful time. An absolutely beautiful time and a beautiful age to live in as a child of God. But it's one where you, you want to know the things of God. You don't, want to be, you don't want to be childlike in your knowledge of him and how to move with him. You want to be a mature to the fullness of the maturity of Christ. You want to be walking in a maturity. Well, that takes a decision on your part now before you have need of it. Yeah. Amen. So, Lord, I just pray right now that we would all just get a hunger for everything, for the fullness of God, for the fullness of Christ, in his things, in his ways, uh, that we just have a hunger and an esteem for those things uh, build and grow inside of us, that we will give ourselves to not fill up on the things of the world so that we will not be hungering for the things of God. And Lord, we just praise you for it in Jesus' name. amen. Amen.